What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachulki, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we will preview week 15 in the NFL as we near the end of the regular season. We're also one week away from the 2020-2021 NBA season starting, so we'll let you know who we think some of the contenders and pretenders are, as well as make some early predictions for the regular season awards. All this and more on episode 173 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. Welcome get to the sports kingdom. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 173 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, my co-host, my A1 since day one, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachulki. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's a good time of year. Fancy football playoffs, football and basketball. Got a lot going on. And the holidays. Can't forget the holidays. It's the seventh night of yeah. Hanukkah Yeah. tonight. Yeah, very grinchy of me. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got Christmas next week tonight. Uh, like I said, the seventh night of Hanukkah. Uh, so happy holidays to everybody out there. Sitting across from me yeah, on you, the – You – What's up? Oh, sorry. No, oh, you good? Say, you, know what, you know what movie uh, is going on tomorrow night. Eight Crazy Nights. Gotta do, eight, gotta do the Eight Crazy Nights. Yes, sir. Hey, man. If I didn't get that answer right, that would have been a technical foul. Oh, I thought you would have. No, you were gonna say Die Hard yeah. for some reason. <laughs> no, it's not yeah, Christmas we were, yet, we, Jacob. Oh, whatever. We were, we we were big fans, big fans. Yes. No, Eight Crazy Nights is a, is an all time classic Adam Sandler movie, uh, and of course, you just heard his voice sitting across from me on the board. Our co host, producer extraordinaire. Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. I can't believe basketball is back, man. I know, it's, man. What better time than uh, early Christmas present, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, they're capitalizing on Christmas like they always do, starting uh, a couple days before and then obviously the marquee day on Christmas. Which, in all honesty, the season kind of begins on Christmas. That's just in my opinion. For most, It's not really competitive those first couple weeks. I mean, I hate to say it, but for most casual fans, yes, it does start on Christmas. Uh, yeah. But before we get into the NBA and uh, we preview week 15 in the NFL, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 0206831111. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them all go. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a 
corpo. All right, the first round of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League playoffs for the 2020 NFL season has come and gone. Tyler, you had a bye week as the number one seed. You uh, had the chance to scout your opponents over this past weekend. You had a, a nice week off. Who are you facing, and do you have the confidence to beat them? You know, I've been scouting for years. <laughs> Uh, I think I got, I think I got the edge. I'm playing Chad, a former champ. Um, sorry, Chad, but I got to get a new name on the trophy. We can't have uh, repeat champs this early. Um, so I'm we got to keep the trophy in LA, man. That forget the yeah. double name. Yep. We, so we got, we got two, uh, we got two Washington state competitors. We got two Southern California competitors. It should be pretty good, uh, but I do think I got the slight edge in this one. Uh, just two stack and wide receiver. Who's in the uh, other matchup? Sorry, I don't have the, the bracket pulled up uh, in front Brett, of me. Uh, yeah, so uh, Blake and Jordan. Oh, okay, so – oh, that's right. Oh, so you're playing yep. Jordan in the other league and Blake's playing him in this league. I thought it was the other way around. No, nope, yeah, so, man, I was going to say my second team um, in, in Jordan's league – he's the commissioner of I'm playing him in the playoffs so I got two playoff games this weekend uh in my league Jordan's in the other matchup and in his league I'm I'm playing him all right well so so we could we could end up with a couple of of playoff matches this year yeah and I mean listen you could be walking away with a lot of money at the end of the this football season so I'm pulling for you nothing compares to getting your name on that trophy I, I'm gonna buy a ring, dude. I seriously, I'm gonna buy a ring. <laughs> You're gonna buy a ring? I might go to like one of those high school ring catalogs, you know, where they make like class rings. I think I, I, I think I know do, a place. I might just do I, I I might just do the damn thing, you know. I mean, if you win it, we also got a drink out of it because that's the whole reason we got a cup on the top of it. Oh, oh, well, yeah, the trophy for sure, man. I'm not. That thing is going all over the place. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into the power rankings, I have to tell you about Fitness Ablaze Training Center. Located in Olympia, Washington, Fitness Ablaze Training Center provides clients with professionally designed fitness and or nutrition programs. They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private personal training, team and group training, nutrition coaching, and online slash remote coaching TSK show listeners can get either a seven day free trial or 30% off your first month of training just by mentioning TSK show. Enter promo code TSK show at fitnessablaze.com to get either a seven day free trial or 30% off your first month of training. That's promo code TSK show at checkout from fitnessablaze.com. All right, Tyler, it's week 15. There's this week and two more weeks left in the regular season. We're coming down to the wire. How did your power rankings shake out this week? Yeah, it's just it's, there's not a lot of movement, you know. There's not a lot of new teams. I, I feel kind of silly at this point in the year. I feel like I keep shuffling around the same 10, 12 teams. Um, but I tried to figure it out here. Um, Super Bowl contention going into week 15, how the team's looking right now. Um, so I'm going to start off with number 10, Baltimore, getting a big win uh, against Cleveland. Uh, in, in an epic shootout, one of the best games of the year. 
Uh, I really like Cleveland. I've been trying to figure out a way to get him into the power rankings all season. But they've kind of flirted with that 11, 12, 13 mark all year. Um, Baltimore got a good win. They look like they're back on the right track as far as uh, trending upwards going into the playoffs. Coming at number nine, I got the Tennessee Titans at 9-4, coming off the win against Jacksonville. Um, I have them slightly above Baltimore because they have that that big statement win um, at Baltimore. I beat them in the playoffs last year. So I got to give them their respect there. Although I think Baltimore would be a scarier opponent in the playoffs. Um, coming at number eight, I got the Los Angeles Rams coming at coming in after a win against New England. Um, looking good. I mean, they're going to be it's it's going to be a playoff race. The NFC West is going to have at least two teams, um, and that Week 16 matchup of Los Angeles Seattle with the matchups that Seattle Los Angeles has this week, it looks like it's going to be two ten and four teams uh, battling out for the NFC West title. So. Um, you know, these three NFC teams, NFC teams I'm talking about right now are kind of the same spot, L.A., Tampa, and Seattle. Uh, Tampa at number seven and eight and five, coming off a win against Minnesota. Tampa's got an eight and five record, but uh, two of those losses are against the Saints. And uh, they got Tom Brady. So you just always kind of – I'm always going to kind of trend towards betting on them uh, down the stretch to get dubs. Uh, coming at number six, I got – my Seattle Seahawks at 9-4, kind of up the win uh, against the Jets. I really think that the defense is kind of coming together, which is the thing that you know most people are concerned about. I think we're getting more pressure, uh, which is making it an easier uh, job for the defensive backs. On offense, I think Russell Wilson did kind of slide out of the MVP race because he's had a couple bad games. But uh, down the stretch, Russell Wilson is one of the top five people I would not want to play in the playoffs. I think he's got to be one of the scariest um, dudes out there right now. Uh, coming at number five, this is kind of a this is kind of a big drop. Uh, first drop of the year, I guess, is Pittsburgh uh, at 11-2, and two, coming off the loss against Buffalo. They've lost two of their last three. Um, kind of like I said, Ben's always kind of just teetering on the, on the brink of being a, a demolished. Uh, he looks like he's going to be able to stay, stay healthy, though, but um, I think that in their two losses, they've showed that the announcers talk about it constantly when they drop passes because they depend on the short pass and the and the pass game in general so much. When they drop passes, they find themselves in bad down distance, um, and that's when they don't succeed. So I think there's kind of a formula now to try to beat this team. You need to get drops. You need to pressure Ben. Uh, you need to you know pressure the receivers. Coming in at number four, I got Buffalo coming off a big-time win against the, the Steelers. Now, I don't know if I'm necessarily more afraid of Buffalo than I'm Pittsburgh in, in the playoffs, but they had a convincing win against the Steelers. And Buffalo, it's been hard. I've, I think I've ranked them as high as three, and I think I've ranked them as low as out of the top ten. Um, it's been hard to put a finger on them, but they just consistently keep getting dubs. Uh, the defense is legit. Josh Allen's legit. The receiving core has stepped up nicely. Um they're going to be they're going to be a threat in in the AFC playoffs. Coming at number three, I got New Orleans at ten and three, coming off a loss to Philadelphia. They did take an L, but I'm not going to dock them too much. Uh, it was the first time Jalen Hurts has been seen. There was no film on him. Uh, they're playing with their backup quarterback in Taysom Hill, so I still think uh, New Orleans is a power in the NFC and maybe the team to beat. But if I got to bet on a team to be an NFC right now, it's number two, Green Bay. 
Aaron Rodgers coming out to win against Detroit, 10-3. and three. He's got his weapons. He's got a healthy team. Um, he's, he's obviously in sync with the coaches and the play calling and his, his throwing ability. And Green Bay, you know, might end the year at 13-3. and three. Green Bay, I think, is definitely a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, and then number one, Kansas City. They kind of own this spot ever since Brady left New England. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? They, they, <laughs> Mahomes can seem to do no wrong. He looks perfect. This is arguably, this is this is not argue, arguable. Uh, they are the team to beat, and they are the favorites for the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's run it back one through ten, and then uh, we'll move on to our picks of the week. All right, I got Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Tampa, Los Angeles, Tennessee, Baltimore. All right. So, Jacob, how did you do for week 14, and what is your overall record? So not a bad week. I think the week prior was a lot better, but I went 10-6 and six for this week, and then overall 138-70. and 70. Okay. Tyler, what about you? I also went ten and six. I'm at one thirty six and seventy two. We love it, boys. We love it. Uh, I went twelve and four, and that is best for the week out of the three of us. And overall, I'm still in first place at one hundred forty one and sixty seven. Hey, we still have a couple more weeks left. That record can drop very fast. You're not lying. Yeah, you're not. You can lying. have another one of those uh, eight and eight weeks. Eight and six. <laughs> I really just we really went the other way on a lot of picks last week. I really tried to make up some ground. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, with with the slate of games this week, we were we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. This week the the matchups they're kind of they're not that great for for coming into the the tail end of the regular season trying to get ready for uh playoff football, but this could be a chance for you guys to make up some ground because I feel like we are going to have some disparity here just because these games are so bad that it, it, it kind of makes them hard to choose. Am I wrong, Tyler? No, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of potential to go either way. in Most of these games, not a ton of easy games to call. Yep. So, all right, let's start off with Thursday night football and we start off this week in prime time on Thursday night with a with a classic rivalry matchup and then I feel like the Monday night and the Sunday night games they're kind of they're kind of duds but we'll we'll get to those in a, in a little bit. Uh Thursday night we got the 4 and 9 Chargers coming off the game winning field goal over Atlanta. They're going to Las Vegas to take on the 7 and 6 Raiders. The Raiders they're coming off a blowout loss to the Colts. They fired their defensive coordinator but I think they get the W over the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, they just will find another way to lose a football game out there in the desert in Vegas. Tyler, what about you? Um, I've also got the uh, Vegas winning. Jacob? Yeah, I have the Raiders taking this one too. All right, Tyler, the next matchup we got is the number four team in the TSK show power rankings, the Buffalo Bills. They are 10-3. and three. They're going to the Mile High City to take on the 5-8 and eight Denver Broncos. The Buffalo Bills, they are coming off that big win over Pittsburgh. And the Broncos, they're coming off a five-point victory over the Carolina Panthers. But I don't think uh, 
the mile high air will help them very much because I got the Buffalo Bills winning this game. Tyler, what about you? I got the Bills, but this uh, this is definitely like a trap game for the Bills. They could easily go to Denver, and, yeah. You know, kind of fat, fat and happy. And Denver's got a good defense, so you know Denver's offense is playing it okay, and they come out sloppy. But I got the Bills winning. Jacob, yeah, I love seeing Josh Allen and this Bills team right now. Uh, their previous game, holy crap, just super composed. So I, I love seeing this. So I got to go with the Bills. Yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the Carolina Panthers coming in at 4-9. and nine. Like I said, they just beat the Denver Broncos by 5. But they got to go to Lambeau Field to take on the number 2 team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the 10-3 and three Green Bay Packers. They're coming off a win by a touchdown in a back-and-forth game against divisional foe Detroit Lions. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is looking like the, the number 1 MVP candidate right now, in my opinion. So uh, I got to go with Green Bay taking this one pretty easily. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, this is one of the easier games to call. Um, definitely Green Bay. Same. I got to go with Rodgers and the Packers. All right. Well, we're starting off uh, three for three for all of us. I'll, I'll pick them well, on the same side. Well, if we screw up, at least, you know, it makes <laughs> up right there. Yeah, there you go. All right. The next matchup we got is the number seven team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming into the matchup with the Atlanta Falcons at eight and five, the Falcons they are four and nine. Tampa Bay beat Minnesota by twelve last week, and then Atlanta lost on the game-winning field goal kicked by the Los Angeles Chargers. I got Tampa Bay winning this game. They kind of came out sluggish out of the gate uh, after the bye, uh, so I feel like they are going to come out full force against a weaker divisional opponent in the Atlanta Falcons. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got the, I got Tampa Bay. I don't know if I could pick them to lose for the rest of the year. It's it's Tom time now, December, January. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and honestly, this is a, a crucial time for them to rack up these wins too, because they can they're going to need it heading into the playoffs. So I got the Buccaneers. Yep. All right. The next matchup we got is the San Francisco 49ers coming off an eight point loss to the Washington Football Team. They are five and eight. They're going to Dallas to Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. Uh, they're coming to this coming into this matchup uh four and nine they just beat Cincinnati in the Andy Dalton revenge game 30 to seven uh I got San Francisco winning this game uh actually I think this is going to be a defensive battle and I think that Richard Sherman and the defense and get a win for the San Francisco 49ers against the Cowboys sorry I don't know why I was taking so long with that Kind of a brain fart in the middle there. <laughs> this, is a, this is a horrible matchup. Yeah, I'm not looking forward. I think this was supposed to be a primetime game, and it got flexed out. Well, you said it was a matchup right. of defenses. That's for sure what it's going to be because it sure as hell is not a, a matchup of offenses. No. Not this year. I think Dallas is – I got Dallas in this one, so there's All a right. disparity. Yep. No, I can't go with Dallas and their defense. I'd rather take the Niners and their shitty offense and their good defense. <laughs> All right. Uh, next matchup we got is the Detroit Lions coming into this matchup with the Tennessee Titans at 5-8. and eight. The Titans, the number nine team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, they are coming in at 9-4. and four. Detroit lost by a touchdown to Green Bay. The Titans, they beat Jacksonville by three touchdowns. It was another monster game from Derrick Henry. And I think that the Tennessee Titans are just a better overall team than the Detroit Lions this year. So I, I got to go with Tennessee in this matchup. Tyler, what about you? Yep, I got I got Tennessee in this one. This to me is a, another one that's easier to call. 
Yeah, there's no way I'm going with the Lions, so Titans it is. All right. Uh, an AFC South matchup now. We got the Houston Texans. They're coming into their matchup with the Indianapolis Colts at 4-9. and nine. The Colts, the complete opposite. They are 9-4. and four. Texans, they got blown out by Chicago over the weekend. Jeez. And the Colts, they blew out the Raiders 44-27. to 27. T.Y. Hilton looks to finally be finding his stride after costing me my fantasy football season in multiple leagues uh, when he decided to come alive after I was already out of the playoff picture. Uh, really unfortunate for me, but great for T.Y., I guess. No, not I guess. That's that's great for T.Y. Uh, all right, I got the Colts winning this game. They're just a, a better team than the Texans. I couldn't believe they got blown out by Chicago. Uh, you, free, and, you and me both. Free Deshaun Watson. So, Tyler, I'm assuming you got the Colts in this? Yeah, definitely got the Colts in this one. Yeah, Jacob. see, I, I really have wanted to ride and, and choose the Texans this year, but I can't. I really can't. So, Colts it is. All right, the next matchup we got is the New England Patriots uh, going down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots, they are 6-7. and seven. The Dolphins, they are 8-5. and five. I don't think uh, the – the Patriots have been under 500 while the Dolphins have been over 500 when they are playing each other in God knows how long. It's Dan Marino. <laughs> Probably. Got to be at least 20 years. Uh, but the Patriots, they were held to three points against the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night football. Uh, they just ran into a much better defense. And when their offense is really one-dimensional it's it's kind of easy to scheme for them even though they do have the mastermind in bill belichick guiding the way um the dolphins they lost by six to kansas city but their defense played well they forced uh i believe it was three interceptions uh by patrick mahomes and a sack i think a sack of like 30 yards or something like that oh yeah yeah where uh where he tripped Pat McAfee likes to call it uh, run the other way and mm-hmm. chuck it 30 yards. and uh, Which is which was very unlike Mahomes to see that happen. And then No, he, he does it all the time, and it usually works out yeah, for him. Yeah, because he gets out of it. But honestly, this game was more competitive than I thought it was going to be. And when I checked the score at the half, I said, holy crap. I said, the Dolphins are playing really good. No, the Dolphins were in it the whole way. Um, but given it is a divisional matchup, and it's one of the few um, – not one of the few, but there there are uh, a couple uh, non-divisional games here in Week 15. But this game with the Patriots down in Miami, I got to believe that Bill Belichick was embarrassed on Thursday Night Football only scoring three points in prime time. So I got to I gotta go with the Patriots in this matchup. I think that this is one of those weird divisional games where it's going to get mucky and – it's it's not going to be a pretty game, but someone's got to win, and uh, I got to go with Bill Belichick. So Tyler, what about you? Yeah, man, this game is super hard to call because you know the Patriots show up sometimes, sometimes they don't. Uh, the last couple games have been hard to tell. They scored three points last game, had a massive shutout against the Chargers the game before. Um, so it's like what Patriots are going to show up. Miami's been playing great this year. I've been a big fan of them. So I'm gonna roll with them at home in Miami, um, getting the double of a big bro. Little find their playoff shot. 
Yeah, despite that, the the hot streak that the Dolphins have been on because they've played well in the past couple weeks. I feel like this game they get out coached because the Patriots. What we saw from the Rams game, they don't have much. When they're struggling, it's ugly to see. But again, you when you have Bill behind you, backing you up in the scheme, I think that you have the upper hand. So I got to go with the Pats on this one. And this is obviously a matchup of Bill Belichick and one of his disciples, Brian Flores. So it's it's going to be a fun fun game. It's everyone loves a good. Uh, divisional matchup this late in the season uh, and obviously it does have playoff implica- implications the the Patriots aren't mathematically eliminated quite yet um, they could still somehow sneak in in a wild card situation if some things were to go their way so it's they need to win this game if, if they want to keep their season alive and it's obviously not the norm for them if they are ending their season before Christmas so all right well I guess after Christmas, but you get what I'm saying. All right, the next matchup is another divisional matchup that has some playoff implications. The Chicago Bears, uh, they are six and seven. The Minnesota Vikings, they are also six and seven. The Chicago Bears, they blew out the Houston Texans. Mitch Trubisky started the game. They have uh, gone back and forth between him and Nick Foles multiple times this season, but Trubisky threw for 267 yards three touchdowns Jeez. and zero interceptions. He had a better quarterback rating than uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, on Sunday. So pretty crazy. Well, he finally decided to show up. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, on the other hand, they lost to Tampa Bay by 12. But similar, uh, Tyler, you were saying that you don't know what Patriots are going to show up. I never know what Chicago Bears are going to show up and – I know Dalvin Cook is going to come to play, so I got to go with Minnesota um, in this matchup. So, Tyler, I I couldn't really decide. Uh, this was another tough matchup, but it's it's Minnesota all the way for me. <laughs> it's all right. yeah. I hate picking these games. Divisional games um, are tough, and this is you know. A good offense. It could definitely show up against uh, a good defense. So, uh, but I, this one, I'm gonna lean with the Vikings. I think that their offense would be good enough to score enough points against Chicago's defense, which is their strong point. Um, and Chicago just won't be able to uh, keep up offensively. Jacob, I'm see. I'm going with the Vikings, but I'm kind of scared of this pick because every time I bet against the Bears, they ended up winning. Same thing like last week. So I don't I don't know what to do here, but <laughs> Vikings it is. Yeah, no, I mean it's just I can't. You can't trust the Bears. That you, no, 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 you can't. When they have two quarterbacks, so you don't know which one's starting one week, and then you don't know which kind of Mitchell Trubisky you're getting one week. It's kind of hard to pick them. Yeah. All right. The next matchup is Tyler's beloved Seattle Seahawks, the number six team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They are nine and four. They are going to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Football Team who is six and seven. Uh, The Seahawks, they blew out the New York Jets like they were supposed to. And then the Washington football team, they beat the San Francisco 49ers. They've actually won five out of their last seven and four in a row. Uh, So they need to win this game if they want to stay in control of that NFC East uh, division, which has really turned it around since uh, the start of the season, in my eyes, uh, So it's, you know, Tyler, it's interesting. We were talking 
before we started recording about how uh, our teams kind of lucked out having to play the AFC East and the NFC East this season. Uh, I feel like this game and uh, the Jets versus the Rams, which we'll talk about in, in a couple of minutes, I feel like they're kind of trap games, you know? Um, I think I would normally, but this is just so late in the season with their good coaching and stability at quarterback, stability at, at head coach, you know, it's McVay, it's golf, it's Aaron Donald. Um, it's, it's Pete, it's Russ. Um, I think that the, there's enough, co- there's, there's no trap games. I think at this, at this stage for those teams, I think that Seattle and, and LA are on good enough pace and page right now. Um, that, these teams will, I think they'll mop them up like they should. I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, I, I think with Seattle, you know, we we want to see how we do against Chase Young. We're going to face elite pass rushers. So there's games within games. You got to hope Russell um, holds on to the ball. Yeah, Russell needs to have a clean game. But this is a game that Russell can play bad. We can still win. I think D.C. is just decimated. They're well coached, but. Man, please keep Alex Smith off the field. It's just is nerve-wracking. I don't think he practiced it's, today. Yeah, it's just nerve-wracking seeing him out there. If there, if there's just any sign of a physical play, it's. I mean, it's it's the National Football League, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who plays the quarterback. I don't know. I think Alex Smith is geared to be the starter, right? Well, I, do, I don't think so, he practiced today. I think he's dealing with a calf injury now. So yeah, but but is it isn't it just a cut or is it something different? I I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, so maybe it's it maybe it's Dwayne Hopkins, Haskins, but um, you know it, it doesn't matter. Seattle's dialed in at this point. Uh, the defense is going to play good enough. Uh, the offense will be strong enough. You know, special teams we're 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 rolling in all facets of the game right now. We're we're hitting our stride, even though. Russ had a tough middle of the year. I'm not worried about Russ. You know, the team struggled early on. I think we're that kind of shit's behind us. We know what we got. Chris Carson's healthy. He makes us a different football team. You got to respect Chris Carson. Uh, I think he's definitely our best back. Uh, and then, like I've said over and over again, Carlos Dunlap getting it, you know, traded here. Jamal Adams coming back off of injury at the same time for the last couple of games. It's, everything's just kind of clicking for us now the rust stuff has been a concern but if that if an mvp candidate is our concern i think we're going to be okay when it really matters he always shows up when it matters um and i I'd like him to continue to show up yeah and i just i double checked alex smith's uh status it's apparently a, a calf injury he's calling it a freak thing it's it's not related to his broken leg uh, but yeah, I'm sure his status is uncertain for he, he Sunday. He still should not play, though. I'm I'm with Tyler. Every time I watch him in the game, I have so much anxiety. Yeah, and I then think he, I think he did it. I think he did it. Like, of course, he's going to want to, you know, maybe get out there garbage time or something one more time to make it a, a moment. But and I hate to I hate to like try to close the door on some grown man's career to overcome incredible odds because I'm an Alex Smith fan. Um, but God, it's just nervous. I've, it's nervous watching him. I, it's he doesn't. He looks a little fragile, um, yeah. and uh, and I just would like to see him walk off the field on his own two feet 
and call it a day because he did it. Yeah, I mean, he did one of the most incredible comebacks in sports injuries history. Yeah, you know? without a doubt. So hats off. Yeah, hats off to him. He already did it, I think. He already proved everything he needed to prove. There's nothing really left to prove, yeah. I guess. Yep, so we're we're all on the Hawks for that one. Yeah. Tyler? Yes, sir. Just making sure. All right. The I next game the football team. <laughs> Just uh the next matchup we got is the Jacksonville Jaguars at one and twelve. They're going to Baltimore to take on the number ten team in the TSK show power rankings. The Baltimore Ravens, who are eight and five. Jacksonville, they lost thirty one to ten to the Tennessee Titans. And then Baltimore, like Tyler said in the power rankings, coming off one of the greatest Monday night football games uh, in recent memory. I believe it was the third highest scoring Monday night football in NFL history. Uh, they beat the Browns 47-42. to 42. It was honestly probably the game of the year as well. Um, Baker Mayfield played pretty well, and then Lamar Jackson obviously looked great. Obviously the story with... Uh, Lamar Jackson was his... That uh, he didn't have to crap his pants? Hey, he said it was a cramp. And he said I that he was guy. not pulling a, a Paul Pierce either. Uh, that was just, the, just to clarify it. That was the greatest part. And I got to shout out uh, Coley Mick from Barstool. Uh, he's the editor-in-chief of their, their blog, and he used to host uh, a basketball podcast for him, Mixtapes. That was one of my favorite podcasts. Shout out Coley and uh, Troll Withers. But... Um, Coley said that, and he's a Boston guy, which makes it even funnier. He was like, I can't believe Paul Pierce's career has been reduced to a single shit. Well, like, it but he's it an has. NBA Hall of Famer, and any time he gets brought up, everyone just goes straight to the shit, shit his pants, which well, is great for okay. me because it was against the Lakers. And well, I think to, to his point, though, and, and actually to his argument, is that he got taken out in a wheelchair. Yeah. That, that was why. That was what made it worse. And Lamar said, I believe, that it was like a cramp in his arm, and that's why he was able to run. But everyone was like, no, that run looks like you got to shit your pants. Like yeah, Everyone that, knows that run. That looked like a trot that you were going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows what that looks like, Lamar. Uh, but well, e even though it wasn't true, the memes were funny about it. It I, was hilarious. I, I enjoyed them. Hilarious. Uh, but, I mean, this is a matchup. That is an easy call for me. It's it's Baltimore all the way. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, Baltimore easy. Jacob, I'm taking the Ravens too. All right. Uh, like I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, I think this is a potential trap game for the Rams. They are at home, the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings at nine and four. They got the winless 0 and 13 New York Jets coming to town coming off their loss to the Seattle Seahawks in a blowout fashion. The Rams, like I said, they beat the Patriots 24-3. to They held New England to three points like the Rams were held to three points in Super Bowl 53 against the Patriots. So it was a little bit of a revenge uh, on Sean McVay and Jared Goff and uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Well, Jalen Ramsey wasn't on the team then, but you get my point. Just a little bit of revenge uh, served to the Patriots on Thursday night football. It was... It was quite nice watching that happen. And the defense, led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they, they're looking like the best defense in the league right now. Am I wrong, Tyler? Like, unbiasedly, they look like one of the best teams <laughs> in – no, yeah. I'm, I'm saying you unbiasedly. I can be yeah, biased yeah, yeah, about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think that they're definitely one of the best defenses in the NFL. Top three, 
No, no one can argue out of, outside of three. I don't think. I think. I think that. I think that Pittsburgh's got a really strong case. I think that Buffalo's got a really strong case. Wow. But I mean, you could easily make. I mean, the thing that the Rams have is they have two guys that you have to game plan for on defense. It's not. It's not a. It's not a group effort. It's not a collective unit. It's not a style of play. It's not play calling. It's like, dude, you have to know where 99 and 20 are at every single play, or they will. If you if you throw the ball willy nilly towards 20, he's gonna get it. If if you don't if you don't know if you lose track of 99, it's over. They they can ruin a game. Uh, you have to throw. You a, have to throw two offense. three guys at Aaron Donald, and he's still getting 12 and a half sacks, leading the league in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's I think that that's where their real strength lies. Now, that is, it's it's a good thing, but also it's like, man, two guy heavy. You know, if one guy is neutralized, it, it can can one guy carry it himself? It's like I said, the reasons why it's scary are the same reasons why it's arguable if it's one or two or three to me because it's like Buffalo as a unit. Uh, Pittsburgh as a unit, they have a lot of individual talent and just a lot of depth, a lot of just well, and even know, identity. On they've been building those defenses for years. Um, it's but it's not to say that the Rams aren't number one, you know. Right. Uh, but I could, I could easily say they're number one. There's there's just I think there's you know even like Tennessee is, has been really physical this year and really nasty. Don't forget about Seattle, obviously. Baltimore is still in the mix, you know. Um, yeah. But but the but the Rams have a dynamic duo, and, and in pro sports, typically, when when you get you know a couple of players who are the best at their position, you win a lot of games in any sport. Yeah. Football, well, basketball, and... baseball, it doesn't matter. I mean, there that's a tough you you. There's game plans around those guys. And to your point about. Uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh having units that have been together and they they really have a lot more name recognition aside from Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the Rams like with Pittsburgh you got TJ Watt you got Bud Dupree even though he's hurt you got Minka Fitzpatrick Cam Hayward uh, in Buffalo yeah. you got all all it, the guys up there but in, in LA like, you know if you were if you were to have a fancy draft of defensive players it'd be like Donald Don, Aaron Donald Aaron Donald one, Jalen Ramsey two, you know, and then all the Buffalo and Pittsburgh guys mixed in after that. Right. You know what I mean? But and then, then you, Rams and, wouldn't have another player pick for a while. But that you got guys like Darius Williams, Troy Hill, uh uh Sebastian Joseph Day, um, Michael Brockers, okay. all all those guys yeah. making contributions that aren't as name recognition as the other guys. So that's that's why I'm saying it's like even though they're playing team football, they're playing good team football. I mean, yeah, the Rams oh, yeah. are, are nine. They're Rams are nine and four for a reason. But those two guys, you know how much easier it makes. All those names, you know those names because you're a Rams fan. Those are not names like TJ, like you said. They're not, uh, you know, TJ Watt. Um, like you know, they're not household names. But they're playing good team football, and their jobs, they're set. They're put in position to succeed because. Ramsey can shut down a whole person or a number one. He can shut down a whole half or, of a field. 
yeah, so either, whatever way you want to do it, you can shut down Final Field or you can shut down a number one. Donald's going to get double and triple teams, you know, more than anybody in the NFL. That makes everybody's job so much easier. Um, right. And that's why they're great. That's why they're a great defense. Now, with all that being said, I go back to me feeling like this is a trap game because, like we always say, the Rams go as Jared Goff goes, and if he's not on point and the offense comes in lackadaisical against a, a winless 0-13 Jets uh, team and they just come in going through the motions, the you, Jets you could got, sock them in got, the mouth. They're an NFL team. You, no, any given Sunday, no, man. Any any given Sunday, no doubt. But I, it's just like I just have such a high doubt that that's going to happen. I so do I, but I just game. I have to play I, devil's I advocate. Trap game. I don't think it's a trap game because I think the Jets are trying to lose. I mean, this is a team that, yeah, that's... especially with – Especially with Jacksonville only having one win, um, it it puts more pressure. Like, are we really going to put Trevor Lawrence up the chance over this season where we have nothing? Uh, they're trying to lose. They're they're bringing an inferior product into the house. Yeah, it doesn't matter what Jared God's going to be put to put in a position to succeed in this game. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got. Well, I got the Rams winning this game. Uh, Tyler, you got the Rams. Jacob, you going with the Rams as well? Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at 4-8-1. and one. They're going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, who are 7-6. and six. The Eagles, they come off the upset win over the Saints by three. Jalen Hurts' first start. And the team really looked rejuvenated. And then the Cardinals, they beat the Giants 27-6. to six. Um, Now that there is film out there on Jalen Hurts, I think – uh, teams will be able to adjust to him. So I got Arizona winning their second game in a row. I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, another game under their belt, more chemistry, the better. So I got I got Arizona winning this game against an inferior Philadelphia team this year. Tyler, what about you? Man, this game's going to be dope. I think that Philly is, like, feeling good. You know, this is their time of year. They can still win the division. They can still get to the playoffs. They got a new quarterback. Uh, it, it's this is going to be a fun game. I do. I am going to go with the Cardinals because I think it's a simple game plan, and I think the card you'll see a lot of this on on Sunday. But it's you know, Jalen Hurts is is really his only bread and butter, and is is the RPO. So if you've got a guy that's tracking Jalen Hurts, you know, manning up on the outside, you know, forcing him to either hand the ball off or make a a, a quick throw, a quick read. Um, it's it's going to be hard for the Eagles to be successful against that. Uh, you just have to cover every man, and uh, you'll be able to light Jalen Hurts up on those RPOs because he's going to want to he's going to want to pull it and make something happen, uh, which is what you I think you want with Philadelphia. Throw that running back up every single play and track Hurts. Yeah, whatever momentum that the Eagles have, I still got to go with the Cardinals on this one. All right, uh, so we're all on Arizona for that one. The next matchup we got is a top five matchup in the TSK Show Power Rankings, really a top three matchup because it's the number one team and the number three team. We got the Kansas City Chiefs at 12-1 and one, and then the New Orleans Saints at 10-3. and three. Kansas City, they beat Miami 33-27, to 27, but like I said, Patrick Mahomes did have three interceptions. Uh, New Orleans, they lost to Philly by a field goal. Drew Brees could be back this week. Uh, he did get cleared to return to practice, but whether he plays 
or he doesn't, I don't think it's really going to matter. Uh, unfortunately, sorry, Austin. But uh, I got Kansas City winning this game. I think, like Tyler said, they're the number one team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They've been that way all year. They are obviously the defending Super Bowl champs. And, I mean, I don't see anybody beating them. It's be hard. Honest, to be honest with you. Because yeah. even, even on their off days, they still look pretty good. And you can go up by 10 points, 12 points, whatever. And no lead is safe. No lead is safe with them. That's You're playing right into their hands when you go up. Tyler? Yeah, I got – I mean, this is the best game of the week, but – Oh, hands down. Got go to go with Kansas City. So, all right. We're just, all... just because, you know, Jason Mills got a lot on his play right now, you know. Yeah. That's a, that's a big ass. And if, and if Drew Brees comes back, even it's like he's been out for so long and he's literally – he had collapsed lungs, broken ribs. Like, that's hard stuff to come back from in, like, in such a short amount of time, like no matter how many Toradol shots you're getting or how many painkillers you, you're on, you, like you have to score thirty. You got to come in. You got to come in. Ready no, to I feel 30, like you have to. You got no shot. I feel like you got to score more than thirty to to beat Kansas City. Even. Well, well, I'm just saying, if you don't score thirty, you don't got a shot. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got Sunday Night Football. The Cleveland Browns at nine and four. They're going to the not the Meadowlands. It's not the Meadowlands anymore. It's MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, but it's the New York Giants. That always fucks me up in my head. I I never get it. Um, but the Giants, they are 5-8. and eight. They lost to Arizona 26-7. to seven. Cleveland coming off the game of the year, but it was a loss for them against Baltimore on Monday Night Football by 5. I got them bouncing back against an inferior New York Giants team. Tyler, what about you? I also have them bouncing back. I I love this. I love this Cleveland team. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to watch them in the playoffs. Uh, they're just they're just right there on the brink. Uh, and I'm glad that they're having a good enough season that they're going to bring their head coach back. They're going to bring Baker back. And and you know uh, I think they're really set set up for success in the long term and have a real uh, shot at being a threat down the stretch. Yeah, the Browns look great this year. Uh, I like seeing it, too. That that game against Baltimore was great to watch. I think it was the best game of the season so far, in my opinion. So I got to go with the Browns for this week. All right. And then, so we started off great with a old-school rivalry matchup, Chargers-Raiders on Thursday night football as the primetime game. Then we got Cleveland-New York on Sunday night football. And then, yeah, it's – the AFC North and everybody loves that division. It's a feisty mm. division, but this is Monday Night Football featuring the 11 and 2 Pittsburgh Steelers against the 2 and 10 Joe Burrowless or 2 10 and 1, excuse me, because they have the tie. Uh Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals. Um this is quite the dud in my opinion of a a Monday Night Football game for this late in the season. Pittsburgh they're coming off a loss to Buffalo on uh I believe it was Sunday Night Football last week, and Juju Smith was dancing on the Buffalo Bills uh, logo before the game, and it ended up biting him in the ass, and Pittsburgh lost, and you just can't be doing that, in my opinion. You can't be dancing on the other team's logo before the game and then go out there and stink it up and lose. You, you just can't be doing that. Which, but, it, which in my well, opinion, too, this Steelers team is not as good as they look. They have lost a lot of luster 
yeah. over the past two weeks. They've they've been on a downhill for sure, and I think this is a bad time heading into the playoffs. Yeah, but luckily they got a matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's going to be a win for them. Uh, so, Tyler, wh- what are your thoughts on Pittsburgh and the state of the Steelers right now? I mean, I think they're I think they're fine. You know, I don't think it's necessarily panic mode, but they definitely have a weakness. I mean, they're pretty one dimensional on offense. They throw the ball, uh, they throw it quickly. Um, I, you know, when when Pittsburgh was playing, they were showing all Big Ben stats, leading the NFL in uh, in time uh, snap to throw. So he has the shortest snap to throw. Uh, and then what was the other one? Um, uh, it was like, man, I can't remember now. Damn, wish I would have wrote it down. Sorry. Anyways, I wish uh, I could help there, you out, bud. No, it's all good. Anyways, the moral of it was, uh, they have they're a one dimensional team. They they get quick throws. Big ben, Big Ben gets the ball quick because he knows he can't really hold on to the ball like he used to, which is uncharacteristic for him. Um, but that's his play because he doesn't have a lot of athleticism. He can't take big hits. Um, so if you can sort of neutralize that or the Pittsburgh Steelers can beat themselves if they come out and draw passes like they did last week. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what's going to happen is if, if you drop a couple passes and put yourself in, in bad down and distance situations, you know, second and longs, third and longs, um, you're not going to win football games at the playoffs. They're, they're going to be in the playoffs. It's just now, you know, can you can you run the football? Can you you know stretch the defense down? You know we want 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 a lot of football games, um, but you've kind of just done it the same. You know you beat every team up the same way. Yeah. And, well, uh, can you play a complete football game? Yeah, and it's just like this is again this is nitpicking. This is one of the best teams in the NFL, but we're comparing this team to you know being a Super Bowl contender. Right. Which which is what they should be expected to be right now given their record and how they've performed this season yeah exactly so you're a little more critical of what's going on um one small weakness can can uh change everything yeah. you know whereas i think that teams like los angeles tampa bay uh seattle um they're like gaining pieces and getting better you know even baltimore uh, like they're like they're kind of you know whereas whereas pittsburgh's like oh we're finding a chinky we're finding a chink in the armor um, can we, you know, can we neutralize them this way? There's, there's kind of, there's hope to dethrone them now. Yeah. All right. So uh, we, we all got Pittsburgh winning that game, even though they, they've been on the downward slide. Yeah, yeah I still yeah. got to take them. All right. All right. Uh, that wraps it up for picks of the week for week 15. We got this weekend and two more weeks of the NFL regular season, and then it's it's playoffs. But until then, let's uh let's talk about some hoops. You take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished. I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. All right. So, like Tyler was saying at the beginning, there's there's a lot going on. We got 
fantasy football playoffs. We got the NFL regular season wrapping up, and now right around the corner, just just almost seventy days uh, after the bubble, we we are gearing up for the 2020 21 2020 2021 that's a whole mouthful I should just say 20 2021 NBA regular season so we're about a week away uh, I believe it's uh the first games uh first games are December 22nd to my knowledge and it's it's here boys but first order of business before we get into our awards predictions and then we got a little contender or pretender game uh, to kind of preview the NBA season. Giannis Antetokounmpo signed a five-year, $228 million extension. It is the highest-valued NBA contract in history. It's a four-year guaranteed contract with a player option for the fifth year with the Milwaukee Bucks and in my opinion it's put up or shut up time for Giannis and the Bucks this is the the way he wants to go he wants to stay loyal to Milwaukee he he's got faith in the front office uh with the moves that they made this offseason to the point that he he wants to commit to them to the long term and now they they got to they got to put results out there for everybody to see. I know he's got the the MVPs and the defensive player of the year, but he's got to get that ring now. He's he's got to get that ring. So, I wish him all the best. I'm happy for him getting that that contract and that generational wealth, setting up his his family for the rest of their lives and their kids' lives and their kids' kids' lives and so on and so forth. Uh I mean, Giannis and his family have had quite the story. Uh, his parents immigrating from Nigeria to Greece and then Giannis growing up in Greece uh, and going through what he went through to get to the NBA. And now his two other brothers are in the NBA and his other, his fourth brother, I believe, is a, a prospect trying to get to the NBA. Um, but as a Laker fan, I'm, ha- I'm happy we got someone better and someone for cheaper in Anthony Davis. So, I mean... I know the Lakers wanted to get Giannis, uh, or that was maybe a potential plan in the works, but hey, it is what it is. I- I'm cool with I'm cool on this side. Tyler, what about you? Oh man, well, first off, so happy for uh, Giannis and Milwaukee basketball fans. Um, Bucks. It was a know, roller coaster whatever. for him. What, dude? I'm just like I I I really thought that they were dead. Uh, dead in the water. Uh, I thought I thought that their hope was like slim at best, and damn it, they did it. You know, like they nailed it. They did not let that fucker walk out the door. This is a generational um, player, and you know, to your comments, I think first of all, Giannis is better than Ant. Um, so, but that's that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. We'll we'll have uh, that conversation another uh, episode. And, and and I also, you know, I see where you're coming from, the Lakers fan, because this team, like I said all along, I don't think Drew, uh, uh, Drew Holiday moves the needle as far as the title run goes. Um, Lakers are a far superior product than they are. Um, I, so as far as these next two years with LeBron, 
I think you're happy if you're a Lakers fan after those two years. I think that's why I think where you say put up or shut up. I don't I don't agree with that. Now it's not really put up or shut up. Now we're like, he's here. You can kind of take a breath and build something uh, to get wins because. But who are they going to get to come to Milwaukee, Tyler? Who? What free agents going to Milwaukee? The game just changed, my man. You you just got you got maybe Michael Jordan in the building or 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 Shaq or Kobe or LeBron. Uh, that's the kind of talent you got in Milwaukee right now. He just signed up for five more years on top of the one year he had left. Um, you're just in such a good spot. He he can carry a team. You can build through the draft. You can get, although I guess you can't go through the draft. They trade all their players, <laughs> but but or they're all their picks. But you, but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is you can kind of build. You have a little more time. You can find system guys. You don't necessarily have to get another superstar in free agency every single year. If they get one of those superstars in the next two years, three years, then it's like. It's it's real bad news for the league. I will agree. Know? I will agree with the fact that their window did open up a little bit wider because the the extension that Giannis now has with them for four plus one. Okay. But in my terms of put up or shut up, it's like all right, we have this commitment with Giannis for the next four years at least, and our window has opened up a little bit more. But it's like. We need to win something in that window. So it's like. Well, of course. I mean, that, but that's what everybody wants. That's what the owners want. That's what the player wants. That's what, you know, the fans want. Of course, you know, of course, the, the championship is why everyone's doing this. This this move made their championship odds, like, skyrocket through the roof. You know, Milwaukee with Giannis, Milwaukee without Giannis. Is complete two different franchises. Yeah. He's a generational player. Uh, they had to keep him. They 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 only get those guys once every fifty years. You know they haven't drafted a player like that since Lou Alcindor. It's just like that's that's what it is. So you can't you can't let him go. Uh, and you gotta you gotta believe in Giannis being uh, being the guy that can carry the team. You gotta believe in the other guys that you invested in, like Drew Holiday. And, uh, and Chris Middleton, and then you know, I think I think you're Milwaukee's a much better free agency uh, destination right now than it ever has been in the history of free agency. I guess I'll agree with you on that, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, are they are they the best? Are they number one thought out to def- destination? No, but if I'm a if I'm a player, if I'm a productive NBA player and All Star player. And I'm looking to 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 really make a run at a ring. Uh, Milwaukee don't look too bad. Jacob, what do you think about the the extension that Giannis signed? Were you surprised that he actually signed it finally? No, I, I thought originally he was going to stay because I didn't really see another team that I I think that could take him on, and I think that he would fit well with. I mean, there is there is options out there, but I think for him, especially what meant for him to stay was he wants to win in Milwaukee, and he wants to be one of these guys that finishes his career there by getting drafted. And this Bucks organization has been so high on him. So I think it just made sense for both parties. Now, did they tool him enough with uh, with enough players to get him to the finals and, and make a good run at it this year? I mean, due time. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But 
to me, it wasn't necessarily surprising. I think this was a good move on his part because they have been that dominant team in the regular season. It's just when they get to the playoffs that they kind of unfold and you see what kind of team they really are. You know, you see all their all their weaknesses. So hopefully that they can put this together and make a good run at it this year. Well, yeah, and I think obviously the their shortfalls in the playoffs, I think, are due to the fact that uh, it, something we talked about last season and really it, it comes up every season. It's like when you're playing another team at least four times in a row and you have time to scheme for someone like individually and it's like that's what your sole job for the entire series it's like you understand the inner workings of the other person's game and it's like Giannis still has parts of his game that need to be developed yeah he to where I've always said it and I think I think we've mentioned it too on the show is that he is just a jump shot away from, from being the most unguardable player in the league because what he can do inside the paint and in transition is deadly. A lot of people cannot stop that, no matter how many schemes and how many defensive players you throw I it think in. he might need two and a half, three steps from half court to the free throw yeah. line to take off. For you give him you give him a consistent jumper, though, and if he gets a, a three-point shot, I think it's over. Yeah, and he's, I mean, listen, he's going to have to develop a shot in this window, I think, to to really take the Bucks to the next level if they don't get the marquee free agents that could put him over the top. If if Milwaukee goes about shaping the team around him like they have been and making him the focal point without really going out and getting a, a legitimate second superstar and, and somehow creating a super team in Miami or in Milwaukee, excuse me, he's going to have to develop that shot and that aspect of his game. Yeah, but see, that's also why I think this made sense to me with Milwaukee signing him is that they've seen him, they drafted him, and they honestly got a huge gem in this draft. And he's still very young. I believe he's 26, 25, I want to yeah. say. Super young. I don't even think he's hit his prime yet, which is scary in itself. And Milwaukee knows what they've got. And so they've seen him progress over the years. And so the only thing they're waiting for is that jump shot to hit. And as soon as that hits, they know they made the right decision in uh, giving him the max. Tyler, what are your thoughts on Giannis still having to develop a, a jump shot? Or do you think it's past that and he, he can kind of get away with it i know i mean he's been getting away with it and he's got two mvps and a defensive player of the year already but it's it's, like it's not it's not you know people this is the kind of the same shit with james harvin that i kind of you know i get defensive about it's not that it's not it's not Giannis. they're they're not they're not losing the playoffs because of Giannis's lack of a jump shot Giannis dominates and makes teams play a certain way every fucking night i mean he is a monster he's a freak he's a jump shot away from arguably be the best basketball player ever that's what he's a jump shot away from in my opinion like he gets a jump shot he can be the best basketball player we've ever seen i've already i already believe that he's on track to be the best basketball player in the nba and he, he may be there already uh, his jump shot's always going to get more consistent that's just time in the gym confidence shooting um and, and yeah i really don't that's not a concern at all for me and- he is the focus of the offense he can bring, he can give you the 30. He just needs his teammates to step up. They went the defensive route. They're an elite defensive team. So, you know, they're going to try and, like, you know, close the gap on that end of the floor as well as the offensive end. And to your this point. Is a, this is a way different team than last year. Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, definitely yeah, a different you know, team now. They they ran 11-man rotel last year. This year, they're, they're very shallow. Um, I mean, they've got... They they've got maybe seven they've got maybe eight 
good rotational players. Uh, if you want to count DJ Augustine as like a, a solid rotational player, they give him nine, but uh, it's it's drastically different. I think their starters are going to play a lot more minutes. Giannis has got to stay out of foul trouble. Um, they've got all sorts of, of obstacles because they don't have a, a clear second go-to guy um, on offense. So if, if the Bucks can show up on offense, those role players, anyone else but Giannis, they're, they're really tough to beat. Yeah, and, and to your point about it not being Giannis, like it not being Giannis's fault in the playoffs, it's not his fault if he's not out on the court. Mike Boonholzer didn't play him in critical minutes in the playoffs and was limiting his minutes and and not putting him in in certain spots because he wanted to to stick to that wide eleven man rotation or whatever it was. So I mean, it is. I do I do understand that it's not always Giannis's fault, but I just. I feel like with developing that jump shot, like you said, Tyler, he could be the greatest of all time. And I want that for him because he's such a freak athlete and he's so much fun to watch. And on top of that, I think he's one of the more humble superstars that we have in this league. Oh, he's probably one of the most well-liked guys around the league, both probably on the court and off the court. I don't. I mean, that's. Pr- I have no basis the, of that, world. but I mean, I, that's, pr- that's no, just no. An but you could you could tell his interaction with the other NBA stars that a lot of people like him. That he's a likable guy. Yeah, I mean, James Harden doesn't like him, but worldwide. Well, I don't like James Harden. <laughs> yes, he is a worldwide superstar, Tyler. But all right, speaking of other worldwide superstars, um, I feel like these awards. Uh, this year are going to be very interesting because I feel like there's, especially for MVP, a certain narrative going on, and it's it's why I'm predicting that Luka Doncic wins MVP this year. Um, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get into our awards predi- prediction right now for for the regular season awards as an early prediction before the NBA season starts, um, but. I think it's ultimately going to come down to Luka Doncic versus Anthony Davis for MVP, but I think they're going to give it to Luka because they want him to be the next face of the league. Well, I think the narrative right now is Luka, but in my opinion, what like when I'm looking at the spread, Dallas, I don't see Dallas finishing in the top six in the West. They're going to be in a they're going to be in a playoff game. You know? A play-in so, game. I don't know a play-in game. Sorry. Uh, they're going to be in a playing game scenario, in, in, in my opinion. So I don't know if you if if doesn't matter how bananas he goes individually. Uh, I guess maybe if he averages a triple double, but he's going to be way up there. He's definitely going to be the the um, one of the candidates. I think Ant's going to be one of the candidates. But man, you know who the MVP is going to be? The guy that won the last two years. You think he's going to be Giannis three in a row? I think I, I don't see anyone in the league stopping him or having as much imprint on the team. Like he's a one-man wrecking show. I mean, yeah. we Chris Middleton. Chris, no offense, I, and it always comes off as like I don't like Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. <laughs> it's not that. I'm just saying, man. Those, it, you know, LeBron's LeBron's throwing out and Davis as the guy he's playing playing with. Chris no, it's, there's out, levels to Devin this. Booker and DeAndre. You know, like I think there's better. You know, there's better cats out there. Uh, he's not working with the most. Giannis is just going to have 
I think he can have the 30 and 15, you know, shock season. I, I, oof. That'd be wild if He's he good. did. They're, they're going to be a top two seed. I mean, realistically. Um, so it's he's going to be in that win column that's going to help you big time in the MVP uh, race. Yeah. And obviously the voters, I think, see what I see. And, you know, <laughs> uh, he's won it the last two years, and, you know, arguably. And the last two of his has been arguably. Yeah. You know, but he, but he is, it's not like he's not deserving. So for sure. Uh, I got, I, I got to go with Giannis all day. Jacob? No, I, I still got to take Luca on this one. Okay. So, uh, so Luca was my my go to, and then my runner up was Dame from Portland. But interesting, I think I think Luca has a big year from what you saw, what he did last year in the playoffs, going up against a stacked Clippers team. Uh, well, so they said, um, <laughs> but I think they had a lot of defenders to throw at him, and he still put up great numbers. And one of those games, I believe, he was injured too with an ankle injury, and he did have that three guard rotation helping him out with Burke, Hardaway, and uh, Curry, but. And He's, Curry's no longer and there. And Curry's no longer there. So that's what, to Tyler's point, it isn't, this is a different team. And, and Chris Porzingis is starting the year hurt. So, so. yeah, so that, that's kind of a head scratcher for them and a question mark. But I think that he does come out and have a, he has a good year this year. Exactly. And I think, Porz- what's up, Tyler? Uh, well, no, I go. I was going to say, health is a big reason why I think they're going to end up being a uh, in the play-in scenario. I completely agree with that, but I think Porzingis being out, although obviously Luca Luca's play would be elevated playing alongside. We but we saw Chris him Dabbs, without Porzingis though. I think Luca will have a chance to shine even more because he is the focal point without Chris Stapps. He's the focal point even with Chris Stapps, but and see with him, his game, he doesn't have to score all the time. Uh, on that team, probably because he's the only go-to scorer besides. I Tyler's think right. He could easily average a triple double this year. Yeah, he could. But I think he. But see, the, the big part of why I think he's the MVP this year is because he is the playmaker, and that's how valuable he is to this Mavericks team. Is because he doesn't just have to score, but he gets his other teammates involved. And last year, he did have help from that guard rotation. Yeah. Minus Curry this year, but you still have Burke and Hardaway. So I still got to go with him this year. All right, we're throwing out we're we're throwing out names like Maxi Kleber, Dwight <laughs> Powell, Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, Dwayne Finney. I mean, what what in the hell, guys? You know well, he's gonna have to average thirty ten and ten. I mean, he might he do it, dude. He might do it. He's more than capable. He could. This, this he is. Well, so it, it was the game against person. the Clippers that he had the triple double and the game winner. Well. So it's like Listen, those those numbers well, our, to me those numbers to me are very consistent with the season with him. For, it's hard to do for an entire year. I uh, mean, I really love this is why I think Luca. Everyone thinks Luca's going to be MVP. Is is just like I like I said why I pick Giannis is the same reason why people are picking Luca. I mean, listen to those names I just named off for you. Yeah, no, think it's the, it's the, the hype train. Think of the things, think of the things that he's going to have to do to to elevate that team. Into winning, you know, a playoff like winning basketball team with Porzingis on the floor, I think I probably could put them as a top six team in the West. In fact, I, I probably would put them as a six team, top six team in the West. Uh, but Porzingis coming in unhealthy, uh, Luca having to be Superman every night—it's just not a great uh, recipe for success to be a top six team in the West. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I think I think this is going to be the debate all year. We're we're only just getting started. So, all right, defensive player of the year. 
I think they get it right this year. They do. I, <laughs> LeBron said it, man. AD wants his damn respect, so he he's going to get it this year. AD is going to get Defensive Player of the Year in my eyes. Tyler, what about you? Man, two years ago I said it was Jordan in 88. Now we're looking at Giannis as a back-to-back MVP, and he's going to get that. He's going to get that MVP, that Michael Jordan MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Well, he did it last year. He's going to do it again. Oh, jeez. Jacob? No, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Davis. I think he's the, he's the clear-cut favorite, and you saw how bad he wanted it and was making a name for himself in the playoffs, too. Just because you, you want it, your name's Ann Davis, don't mean you get the award. This is 100%. Best defensive. And, and, and uh, I mean, name a guy, Giannis, you know, all the big names sent him his way. My only thing is, because they gave it to him last year, I don't think they're going to give it to him two years in a row. Well, I think you'll be surprised. When people watch him play, it's just jaw-dropping. It's like, it looks freaky. AD's a better defensive player, though, Tyler. Uh, I I disagree. I think he's less versatile. He's an elite defensive player. You think Anthony Davis is less versatile on defense than... Yeah. Um. Yeah, got it. But you're nitpicking there, you know. I think no, I. No, like, you're you know, not nitpicking. Are, well, I mean, if we're talking about what's the difference between and Giannis on the defensive end, it's like no one's really right in this scenario. Those are both like the elite of the elite. Anthony Davis is and better. I. And that, well, we'll see. We'll see. We saw it. Literally last season, but they gave the award to Giannis. It was bullshit. Right. Hey, that's fine. So if, 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 you're, if you're Davis so and, and you're complaining again. about this, you got the hardware in a, a title. You're not so wrong we'll about see, that. We'll see, it. we'll see it again, and, and they'll vote it again. <sighs> All right. Well, I know we're going to agree on this one. Rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our boy, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, easy. It, it, it has to be. He's well, in the. I see. I don't have him. Who do you have? Wiseman. No, I have Topin from uh, the Knicks. Oh, Obi Topin. Okay. Yes. So I have him only because, I mean, let's let's be honest here. It's the Knicks. They have already have a crappy hey, team. I like that pick, honestly. But and the, this is the only reason why I'm going with him is he I think is the most polished scorer in the draft. And you go to a New York team that's already dismantled. They don't know what's going on. He's a hometown th- New York kid too. I think you. I think you shine out over there. I. I like that dark horse I like, pick. I like I like Melo um, because of the reasons we talked about Luca. I mean, the names of the guys he's playing with. He's going to have an opportunity. To oh, he's going to shine. He wants. He's going to get as many minutes as he needs. He's going to be able to get. He's going to rack up assists, rack up rebounds. Uh, he's going to learn how to play defense, learn how to be an NBA player this year. Um, they're going to be bad. They're going to be a really bad team, but. Um, he's going to have good stats as a rookie, I think, all around. It's, it's it may not be super high points per game, um, but the the overall stat is stat line is going to be there. My dark horses um, were Patrick Williams uh, in Chicago. It, he's going to have another guy that's going to have a ton of opportunity. Killian Hayes um, in Detroit. He's going to have a ton of opportunity. But really, the guy that I think it's going to be between it's going to be Melo and it's going to be James Wiseman. Because I think, you know, in my in my opinion, Golden State's going to be, uh, you know, an elite NBA team this year. He's going to get a ton of minutes. 
and the Warriors tend to put people in good positions. Yeah, but he's going to have to produce. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's going to. He might end up getting. He might be their starting center. Yeah, he might be, but I think you're. So if he's their starting center, you know, he. I think you know you could end up having a Wiseman Lamelo conversation for sure. And with with Lamelo, I I think you're right. His his points per game might not be all that crazy in his rookie year, but and it, and it's interesting to to see the comparison to Lonzo. But if you see him in these preseason games, he looks like he belongs. Like he just he looks like he was born to play NBA basketball. He looks so in the flow already with Charlotte. I mean. Some of the passes he's made, the lobs he's thrown to Miles Bridges, it he he looks like an NBA player. Well, the thing that I saw in his preseason games that stood out to me was that he has a lot more confidence in these few preseason games than his brother did. His co- first. I mean, I I, I got to say that Melo's always been he's a, the more and, confident, and and I think that that's something that Lonzo lacks. He does have the confidence, but he doesn't have this high of confidence that his, that his little brother has, and I think that's going to be a game changer with him on the Hornets yeah I mean you can tell LaMelo's coming out there like he's not afraid of anybody no but I think what also plays into that as well is that he's played overseas his path to the NBA was none like it's no not other. traditional it yeah. wasn't traditional at it, all it's it's very it's very weird and it was a little bit jagged here and there a lot of, of that had to do with his father but still he got there but because of that he's already played professional basketball twice yeah He's been playing professional basketball since he was 16. Yeah, so th- this this site is, is scary for other teams because this is nothing new to him. Yeah, maybe the, the athleticism jumps higher t- when you get to the NBA, but he's seen similar sh- situations like this. For sure. All right, sixth man of the year. This is where I have someone going back-to-back, Tyler. I got Trez going back-to-back. I think his play just – gets completely elevated playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, I've said it a bunch on the show since he signed with the Lakers. I could I could not be more excited to see w- what he does for the Lakers in the regular season. So, I, I mean, I think he's, he's going to go back-to-back. And it might end up being, if Dennis Schroeder doesn't end up starting, that they might take away votes from each other like him and Lou Williams uh, thought uh, many people thought were, was going to happen last year, so it might not happen, but I got to go with Trez as sixth man of the year. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, Trez, Trez looks like a real good option here. I do really like the idea of Carmelo coming off the bench. Um, yeah, Melo could win it too. That'd be, that'd be cool if he found his groove uh, coming off the bench with Portland. It'd be cool to throw into the, the trophy mantle for him. For sure. Um, and that basketball team's ready to go. Hmm. Um, you know, I think Lou Lou Williams is still definitely a threat. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Dimwitty. Okay. He he was my runner up. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I, I think because of the team success, um, he'll be on the court a lot at the end of the games. I think. Um, you never know with Kyrie. He could be sitting. He could be playing. He could be hurt. Um, he's gonna get opportunities. Um. But this one was the hardest one for me to pick. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the only reason I didn't go with Dinwiddie probably was because he would be in the trade package for James Harden, so his role would change in Houston dramatically if he were to go there. So I just – I don't know what – I couldn't 
there's too much up in the air with him, I feel like, in terms of his role. So, Jacob, what about you? Well, I have a Laker, but it's not Trez. I have Dennis Schroeder okay. coming in and w- taking this. Okay. I think I think what you saw last year from him with OKC, I think, is um, is a big indicator of this award uh, because he was great in that three-guard rotation with him, Paul, and uh, Shea. And so with this team, especially for the Lakers, they've last year at times you kind of saw that they needed that second playmaker when LeBron sat. And on the bench in the second unit, you didn't really have any of those guys. It was kind of a mismatch of different players, you know. And sometimes the offense struggled. But I think with Schroeder coming in, I think he really carries the second unit to a different level, and I think this is why he wins this award. Yeah, I mean, it's just all going to depend on if he, if he starts or not because there was obviously – uh, that comment that he made that he he was like listen I didn't I didn't come here to come off the bench kind of yeah. thing I, I've done that already so it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers rotation uh, shakes out uh, ultimately once once the regular season gets going but all right most improved was actually Tyler the hardest one for me um, I ultimately went God, with the- I had a had a laundry list of guys really I think yeah. I think you might be shocked by who I go with. Because I don't think he's looked at as a, a most improved kind of guy. I think he, he's got higher aspirations. But I think a new addition to his team is going to take him to even greater heights. Uh, and that's Devin Booker. I think the addition of Chris Paul uh, and just that veteran leadership and, and knowledge that Chris is going to pass on to Devin Booker, I think it's going to take Devin's game to the next level. And it, he's already taken huge steps in his young career but I think I think that it's going to be taken to a whole new level this year in in Phoenix with Chris Paul so uh, Tyler who do you have coming out on top of your laundry list I got I got a kid named Chris Boucher that plays for the Toronto Raptors the dude is nice (laughs) I've never heard of this guy Tyler no no you have Chris he, Boucher. Okay, so he was basically a third stringer all these years because they had so many. Uh, I mean, they had so many bigs, and and you know, Nurse played such a short like rotation, uh, but now they got the minutes. Um, oh, really I know good. who he is now. Yeah, when when he said the you name, know, he said no. Sorry, it, it looks like Bobby Boucher. That's like what his last name looks like. I know Boucher. when you said when you exactly when you said Chris Boucher, I was picturing a white guy. No, he's a t- he's, he's like a a tall, athletic, and uh, yeah. If they get him on the court with Siakam, he's going to be. And I've been watching a lot of the the preseason. I think they're really going to try and get him minutes now because, uh, from what I hear, they didn't expect to lose both. Uh, Gasol and Ibaka. So right. um, I do, you know, that's a huge opportunity for get some minutes. I mean, he's really, he's only battling against Baines and Alice Wen uh, as far as center minutes, and then he's going to get some backup forward minutes. But I think where the where the real improvement's going to be uh, is when you see him playing on the floor with Siakam. And Toronto just seems to always have guys that take big jumps. Yeah, he's 6'9 with a 7'4 wingspan. He's a he's a weird it's it's he's a freaky looking player. Yeah, I mean he's like I said he's a long athletic big, um, which I hear is pretty good in the NBA. <laughs> what do you think of my Devin Booker Devin Booker pick? 
it's going to be tough, man, because you already set the bar so high with like yeah. points per game. Uh, you know, because so the wins they'll just they'll count the wins towards CP3. I mean, CP3 is going to get all the all the credit for them getting up into the playoffs. Yeah, you know they, that's fair. They knew Booker. They knew Booker could get his. Um, I kind of was looking at young players who were going to take the next step. Like even like Kyle Kuzma is like a threat. Definitely, you know, he could. He, he could really he, blossom. Hopefully, but it's got. You know, I like some other names I had were like. Darius Basley in Oklahoma City. That's Michael a good Porter one. Junior. Yep. Michael Porter Jr. in Denver. I think is probably if I were to look at like analysts, he's I probably the he's favorite. Well, oh, he's, he's he's mine. Done. Oh, he's yours. Yeah, he's uh, mine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then like R.J. Barrett, Jetty Osman, Marvin Bagley, guys like that. Okay. All right, uh, Jacob. Why um, Michael Porter Jr. Well, I think from what I saw last year, I think it was there was some highlights, but there was also some some bonehead, bonehead mistakes from him, which you saw a couple times. But with this with this Nuggets run that they had in the playoffs, coming back twice on both teams with Utah and the Clippers, he was a huge component of that. And it wasn't just Murray, it wasn't just Jokic, but it was a mixture of all those guys too. And he had some key moments that really saved him in the series. And I just think that he comes back. With the loss of, I believe Tony Craig is is not there anymore. Tory Craig. Tory Craig. Uh, with his loss, I think he now gets more minutes in that rotation. Hundred percent. And, I, and he does. I think this is why he wins this award. Yeah, I mean Tory Craig leaving and Jeremy Grant leaving. Yeah, so those are two big losses for that Nuggets team. So they got to fill those spots, and I think Porter Jr. he slides right in. Yeah. All right, for Coach of the Year and Executive of the Year, uh, I got to go with what LeBron said, man. Frank Vogel and Rob Polinka, they want their damn respect. So uh, I'm going with Frank and Rob for coach and executive. Uh, I think Rob obviously has the be- a better chance than Frank to win coach of the year. Um, if the Lakers kind of take the regular season, um, not easy, but obviously with it being a condensed offseason, there's going to be a strategic approach, I think, that the Lakers take to the regular season. So I think it lessens Frank's chances a little bit, but I still got to go with him getting his damn respect. And then obviously Rob Polinka, A-plus, won the offseason going away in my opinion uh and i believe that is the case for a lot of other people so tyler what about you for coach and executive of the year uh, for coach and executive of the year i got lebron james <laughs> um, i think he's really just done it jesus he could. i just said frank and rob more. want their damn respect tyler uh, well i'm sorry uh that's why okay so all joking aside uh i got steve kerr as my coach of the year. Okay. I think he's going to, you know, I think him and Steph are going to remind the league what's up. Uh, and then for management, I got, I, it, it just changed a couple of days ago. Um, or yesterday, I don't even remember now what day it was, but I got the Milwaukee Bucks, man. I, I, I thought that they really blew it in the offseason, losing Bogdan, trading so much for Drew Holiday. Um, I thought I thought they blew it. I thought Giannis was walking, but I think, I think the mirrors of a Milwaukee team to be the Milwaukee Bucks franchise to be able to lock in a, a, a talent like Giannis um, is unmatched to anything. Um, I'm sorry. I do believe in Frank Vogel and Rob Link. I think they're great at what they do, <laughs> but I don't necessarily know if they have the same obstacles that other people have, or it's that as impressive because you have to put into account what, what they're working with, you know? 
uh, it, they're the Los Angeles Lakers. There's an attraction there. There's a built-in kind of magnet already, whereas Milwaukee, man, uh, this was just so big. Um, but L.A. is definitely going to be in the mix. And I also thought that Atlanta, if they, if Atlanta's like – Yeah, they had a great offseason. If they're the team that, like, bops off this year and they're like a four or five seed in the East, you know, surprise everybody, um, they got to look at that roster and just be like, man, you know, they really – you know, they really uh, did what they needed to do to take another step. Yeah. All right, Jacob, who you got for coach and executive of the year? For coach, I have Terry Stotts of the Blazers, and then for executive, I have Rob Polinko. Well, okay. For Stotts, I chose him because with this Portland team, I think they have a lot of good pieces. Now, if they can all fit, I think this he has a great case for this award. And for Rob Polinka, I've never seen a, a championship team lose a good chunk of its role players and then get retooled right away. So reloaded. So I, I think I got to tip my hat off to, to Rob Polinka and the Lakers for putting together yet another uh, championship roster together. Yeah, I like the Terry Stotts uh, pick for for Coach of the Year. I think uh, it's it's interesting because they do have that core of Lillard, uh, Mello, uh, uh, McCollum, McCollum, and Nurkic. Yeah, but they've also added people like Covington, and they got Ennis Cantor back. Cantor back. So I think it's very interesting. Now, if it all comes together, I think that they have a strong team. Yeah, I love I love your love for Portland. I he's got a buddy that works for the team. He's got to well, show him love. I, hey, that's that's a, a biased love, hey, but also the, I went there once and I fell in hey, love with the city. So that's the team I grew up. I, I've watched. Uh, I've watched more games live at the Rose Garden than any other stadium in uh, in in NBA. See, the thing is, I think why I fell in love with Portland and Portland's fans, specifically Blazers, is that they're just so like gung ho on that team like nothing else matters besides that team it's all they got besides that, the dogs that's all they got no, but it's like it made me yeah, realize yeah. that LA fans are so spoiled <laughs> and I, I'm a hey, huge you, you LA sports gotta, fan but we are spoiled oh I know I love it you don't you don't gotta you don't gotta tell me man Dave's awesome we get it <laughs> it's fun it's fun to watch those guys play basketball all right let's uh Let's knock out this contender or pretender before we get out of here. Um, I believe we got 12 total teams that we'll, we'll talk about right here. Um, obviously, I think we're going to leave some teams out. Um, I think we're leaving out the Lakers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks. Well, those are no-brainers. Those, right. those teams are making it to the playoffs. Right. So I think, and I think uh, when I was looking at all of this, I was really looking at each – team individually on its own merits so you people might be kind of puzzled when i say uh what i think some of these teams are but when they hear my reasoning i think they might kind of understand it i don't know this is just me kind of overthinking my thought process but that's just me i don't know before we skip before we skip all the obvious teams i think you did fine before we skip the obvious teams i do want to say with the lakers I think Schroeder is the starting point guard by the time she gets serious. Yeah. And if and if he's not the starter, he's for sure finishing. Uh, no. I, I Yeah, I think he finishes either way. I, I just think I do like him as a starting point guard for the Lakers. I don't like I, – I don't really see him coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I just – It may start that way, but I don't think – I think it will ch- – eventually it will change the Indian starter – and I think that's the right move. I just don't think it's necessary anymore because, uh, I mean, I just don't think it's necessary for LeBron to be the primary ball ma- 
ball handler anymore because we have Schroeder. So it's like you might as well start him. He is starting caliber, and our bench – like we have a deep enough team to where it's like we'll be fine. Dude, all you have to do is stagger their, their, their breaks. Yeah, exactly. You know? It'll be fine. Always, always have one of the – always have either Schroeder or Braun on the court. And, and, and if you always have one of them on the court, you have a playmaker or a ball handler. Yeah. All right, so for this contender or pretender, we'll just uh, kind of go around uh, and say whether we think uh, these teams are either a contender or a pretender in our eyes. So we'll start off with the newly put-together Brooklyn Nets. In my opinion, they are a contender this year for an NBA championship. They are... I mean, they have two of the best players in the league. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two of the, I believe, top 10 NBA players in the league, in my opinion. They also have first-year head coach Steve Nash, who is an incredible basketball mind. Uh, And if he can get all of the characters and all of the egos to mesh with that team, they're going to be scary. So I I got the Nets as a contender uh, Tyler, are the Nets a contender or pretender in your eyes? They're a serious contender. Jacob, serious. I got I got them coming out of the East. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Nets for me, they're they're a contender. I think by getting Kyrie and Durant, two great talents in the league, while also keeping Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, I think it's great. You have you have a good thing in your eyes for for Brooklyn. All right. The next mat or the next team, the Houston Rockets. They have had quite the off season. Do they trade Harden? Is there a third option in mess? <laughs> no. Well, that's contender what, that's or pretender? That is that is the game. Um, do they trade Harden? Do they not trade Harden? Um, even with John Wall and Boogie Cousins healthy, I don't see them coming out of the West. I don't. If they have Harden, I see them making the Western Conference Finals potentially against the Lakers. But ultimately, I got to say the Rockets are a pretender this year. I see them having a similar story to what's happened to them the last few years and just not being able to get the job done, especially if they get rid of James Harden. If they get rid of James Harden, their window is closed. I don't think John Wall and Boogie Cousins at this point in their careers can lead a team to a championship. Or even a deep playoff run. But that's just me. Tyler, are the Rockets contender or pretenders? They're pretenders. Okay. Uh, Harden's going to be gone, so they're a pretender. Well, the closest thing to a mess for me would be a pretender, and that's what I think they are. Even with Harden, I still don't think that they have a legit shot of coming out of the West. All right. The next team, the 76ers. In my eyes... Whether it's Embiid and Simmons or Embiid and Harden, because I think if Philly makes a trade with Houston, they should give up Ben Simmons, not Joel Embiid, and pair Embiid with Harden. But even if it's Harden and Simmons, I think the 76ers are a contender this year. Adding Seth Curry is huge for them. They still have Tobias Harris. Um, That was a big keep for them, too. Yeah. And, I mean, his contract kind of sucks, but he's a great 
third option to have. He's he's super, the perfect super underrated guy on that team. He's the perfect third option for this team. So I got the 76ers as contenders, uh, whether they they run it back with Embiid and Simmons or they make a move for James Harden. Tyler, 76ers, contenders or pretenders? They're definitely contenders. I don't think that they get Harden either. You, oh, so you you don't think they get him? You think they stick with Embiid and Simmons? Yeah, I just can't see that front office um, jumping at the uh, thought of giving away Ben Simmons, you know? And, and I don't know. Rory wants his guy, man. Picks. You think so? You think he wants him that bad? I think so. Especially after everything we've heard coming out of Houston today. Yeah, that well, that's – I mean, I think that, that hurts James. Oh, that definitely hurts James, but I think that – it makes Houston just want to get rid of him that much more. Better, like, no, he's not looking better he at all. If he would have came out like like what Aunt Davis did, if he came out and he was Aunt Davis and he played with professionalism, came out in shape, went to practice, you know, uh, and, and did all that, I think it would be a lot easier for the Sixers to pull the trigger on Ben Simmons and three first-rounders or two first-rounders or whatever it may be, but – if I'm Maury, I know I know Harden wants out, so I'm offering you, you know, draft picks and role players so I can try and get Simmons and beat and Harden together to really make a run at it. Or, you know, I'm not giving up one of my cornerstone pieces for this guy right now. Yeah. Maybe later on in the maybe later on the season. Yep. All right. The next team, the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, in my eyes, they don't have a true point guard, and they don't have a playmaker. Yes, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are good and great and all of that, and they can make them contenders alone. I just don't see this Clippers team beating the Lakers in a seven-game series. So I got to say the Clippers are pretenders. There was all this hype last year around them, and everyone thought they were contenders, and they blew a 3-1 lead in the playoffs and were up double digits in games five, six, and seven. And now they lose the sixth man of the year, Montrezl Harrell, and he goes across the hall to the Lakers. The Clippers are pretenders, man. I'm, I'm, there's no way you can get me to think that the, the Clippers have a chance against the Lakers in a series right now. Yeah. To me, they're pretenders too, because the roster didn't get better. Is that the question? Is it are you a pretender or are you going to beat the Lakers? No, I think. And here's where I'm talking about like people like maybe not understanding where my head is at. It's like in my eyes, the Clippers. This is title or bust year. Like they have to, they have to go back from where they were, dropping a three-one lead. They have to rectify that by going to the finals and winning a championship. That's the only way you can rectify that, and they're not going to do that. So they're a pretender that's in my not eyes. True. That's not true. That's, that's, what you, that's, not, that's just what you believe their only option. If they, beat, if, they, if they got to the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Lakers and Sixers having games, that's not necessarily a failure of the season. Yeah, that means you're on the doorstep, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I think I mean, I, 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 I mean, Jacob was talking. I, I, 
I just blurred out. I didn't know if we were talking about if, about being a contender or a pretender or if we were talking about can we beat the Lakers because no, no one can beat the Lakers right now. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I, either way, I, I don't think they're a contender for an NBA championship this year. They're the be- They're 100% absolutely the biggest threat to the Lakers in the playoffs. They have absolutely the best, like, defensive matchup. Who's stopping Anthony Davis? As good as anybody. Who is stopping Anthony Davis, Tyler? No one's going to stop them. No one's going to stop any of these superstars. You just, you know, you hope to make it harder on them. You hope to muck up the game. Um, And and I think that Paul George and Kawhi are as two uh, best options against uh, Braun and Ant as anybody. So you, Kawhi's gonna have to do Kawhi shit, you know. He, he's gonna have to, you know, for them to actually beat the Lakers, it would, it would be an upset, no, no doubt. Everyone would see, it, especially if these rosters are healthy, you know. But the Clippers are not as far behind the Lakers as you think, just because they 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 clippered it in in the playoffs last year, and they, they clippered they it in the off back, season. They. But they they Clippers did in the off season, but their off season last year was so iconic for the Clipper franchise that it should carry them this year, next year, and the year after. I mean, that was the oh, whole point. I you mean, know, if those are the standards, Tyler, the standards are to be in the contender conversation, be winning playoff series, and that's right where they were. They collapsed. Did they? Did they disappoint? Yes. Uh, do people expect them to beat the Lakers in the playoffs? No, but you got to be tripping. I mean, it's still Kawhi and Paul George. They still bring a lot of players back um, that they had, which I think is a good thing. Um, and they can win basketball games. They're a threat. They have just as good of a two-headed monster as anybody outside of Bronnet. So you got them as contenders? It's 100% a contender. They're probably going to be the two seed in the West. I, I mean, I, I got, like, like we said earlier, they got two of the best players in the league. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, yes, the Lakers have a deeper, like they have a deeper list than the, than the Clippers after that. But it's not like the Lakers have the best point guard in the league. It's, 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 you know, just, they got a better point guard than the Clippers. Just because Pat Bev and Reggie Jackson aren't aren't stars, they're not losing games for these guys. I don't believe. I mean, both these guys need to Wait, play well. Tyler, sure, but, you, but they're not. Pat Beverly not is losing games. them games they're, by his games. antics. Reggie Jackson didn't play well at all in the playoffs. Reggie Jackson needs to play well, no doubt. I don't. I don't think Pat Bev's antics are losing them games. Pat Bev is competitor. I'm just saying. Paul George and Kawhi, you got you have to judge the wins and losses on those guys. All right, Jacob, you got them as as well. You got the Clippers as contenders or pretenders. Well, I was before the whole thing unraveled. <laughs> I, I was saying that they're they're pretenders in in their off season moves, but overall, I do think that they are contenders because I I want to point out that the reason why they're pretenders in their off season moves is they lost a couple key pieces in Trez that were really vital to their offense and honestly their defense too, the whole flow of it. But they are contenders because they still have Paul George and they still have Quiet Leonard. 
that right. that that that's my opinion on it. All um, right. But again, they no, their offseason was not very not very good. Listen, I don't care if they got a vodka. That wasn't necessarily a great pickup either. When they don't make it out of the second round again, we can have this conversation. Well, we can again. replay this gladly. It's just it's just all in the context of how it goes down. I mean, we don't know that's exactly, and that's way. the context. In my context, they're pretenders. And, and obviously, you know, I can't really say they're not losing them games because my argument for Giannis and, and Luca, you know, it's like it's on those guys. Yeah. Uh, so, but they need help. You know, it's not like James Harden and Giannis are not the reasons why they're not winning the playoffs. Um, you know, it's not necessarily all on Paul George and Kawhi. Pat Bev and Reggie Jackson have to play well. But that's not necessarily the craziest ask in the entire world. Both these guys have played well before in their careers. And they've got to have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. All right. The The next team we got is the Washington Wizards. It's Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal's first season together. But in my opinion, I think they're going to play so well together. I think Russ is going to compliment Brad so well. Brad's going to be able to play off the ball. Russ might average a triple-double again, I think. Uh, and I think they're definitely a playoff team in the East, so I got them as contenders. I think they're real contenders to win playoff series in the East. Yeah. Um, I really like this uh, this Washington team. And Russ is a good player with anybody, man. He plays hard. It's like any any superstar would be crazy not to want to play with him. Without a doubt. Uh, outside of, you know, maybe KD's got his beef, but – yeah, no, I'll they were talking when here. Brooklyn and Washington played. They were chopping it up all ha- all, all friendly like. Well, I'm just saying at the time, yeah. it was a little was a little that was like his most crazy uh years as far as like shot attempts and shot choices and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, now it's just like, man, Russ is a dream to play with. You can't tell me anything different than that. Yeah. Well, I have them as contenders as well. I know what I'm going to get from Beal and Westbrook. My only question is just what I'm going to get from the others. If that's if if they if they come to play and I think if they know their roles as well, I think that they're serious contenders. Yeah, they do also have a very young team. They got Rui Hachimura. They got Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga, uh, former baby Lakers. Yeah. Um, See, to me, those are just the question marks because yeah, you know what you're getting with your two stars, but the other complementary players, yeah. what are you going to get out of them? Right. Yeah. They really like they really like Bertrands. Yeah, Bertrands uh, really, is huge they, for them. They really they really like Thomas Bryant. They, they like another Rui. baby Laker. Rui's I forgot about Thomas. Yeah, Rui's gonna be real good. And then their big Danny Advita. Uh, yep. I think he's gonna he can be he can be a player too. Um, and bringing in Russell is gonna up everybody else's game. People are gonna be able to learn from him. He's an experienced guy. Uh, and also, here's another X factor with those guys. Russ has played with Scott Brooks before. Yep, that's huge. He I played, think I think reuniting played. with Scott Brooks is going to be great for Russ. I think Russ is in a good place. It seems like mentally and like with himself and his career and stuff, he doesn't seem like too driven either way. I think he's comfortable with what he's accomplished. So uh, I think he thinks, man, we can mess up the East. Yeah. All right, the next team, another W team, and I think Tyler's going to get mad at me again. Uh, the Warriors, not having Clay is so big to me. Oh no! And not, listen, not listen, the holidays, man. <laughs> Come on, bro, you can't listen. You can't seriously, listen to me. Listen to me. They will still probably make the playoffs. 
Probably. But it's it's going to be tough to pick them to win a series. I think they're maybe in the playing scenario potentially. I, I got oh the I got the Warriors as pretenders. Oh. Mm. No, no. <laughs> I knew the Clippers okay, and the Warriors so were where Tyler was going to get so mad at here's me. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I got, I literally tried to break all this down today, and I got Golden State, Clippers, Lakers as just a Yahtzee for the top three seeds. Line oh. them up however you want. That's how highly I think of Golden State. Golden State I mean, I picked Steve Kerr as my coach of the year. Um I, you know, this team is got good basketball players on it, um, surrounded by superstar. Uh, they got they got that man. Curry's on a mission. He, he every single time people count this dude out or question his ability or anything like that, he does he 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 stuns everybody, makes everybody look silly. So I see that coming. Curry Curry's going to be a problem out there if the. Clippers are the three seed and the Warriors are the sixth seed. Who do you have winning that series, Tyler? If the Warriors are what seed? Six. See, I don't see them. I don't think that's possible. I think they're either like a top three or they're not in the playoffs because Curry oh, got hurt. Wow. <laughs> but, but if I got to take a series. Dude, they have guess, no bench. Thing. Got, their biggest I names off the do, bench though. are Damian Lee and Eric Pascoe. See, I don't even count Damian. I mean, Damian Lee, Eric Pascoe, Ken Baysmore, Brad Wanamaker, uh, I, think, I think are good basketball players with Oubre and Wiggins and James Wiseman, Marquise Chris. I have no uh, faith in Wiggins, Tyler. Those, he play, he's, playing for the, he's playing for the Warriors now, man. It's a, it's a fresh start. Curry and Steve Kerr can get this guy – and sell him his opportunity right now because they're 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 looking to him right now and telling him, dude, if you step up right now, we could be fucking dangerous. You know, we know how to do this. You know, we still got enough in the tank. Draymond's still out there with Steph Curry. Um, you know, Ubre, like I said, Ubre, uh, Wanamaker, Baysmore, uh, Wiseman. Those are all good pickups. Yeah, honestly, I got to go with Tyler on this one. Some of those names stand out. See, I have the Warriors as a contender. The names that, for me, that stand out is Kelly Oubre, who has come from, I think, crappy teams before in Washington and, um, who is it, Phoenix, Phoenix. is the yeah, most recent one. And last season, Brad Wanamaker, I think he had a great year with the Celtics. He was really that second guy, second playmaker for that second unit. Kent Bazemore, he's having a, a reunion with the Warriors. And, again, they get a good young big in Wiseman. And the, the core is still there with Kerr, Curry, and, yes, uh, you have Draymond. And, sure, that you, a huge blow by losing Clay. That's a huge blow. But that doesn't take away that they still have Wiggins, too, who I didn't – I know he didn't show much last year. But, again, he was traded midway. I still think that they come out and they're a top seed. All right. Also, Dray, Draymond statistically – Played very very well last year, um, so it's not. Well, he kind of had to when he had to when there's no like Curry and, and no Thompson. It's not like he's a complete liability out there. He's a no. name worth mentioning. So yeah, for sure. Like I, I know what I know what to Eric's point. These are not big names in Baysmore and Wanamaker and Ubre, but I think with 
Steve Kerr's system and his offense, I think it works perfectly for these guys. A lot of these guys are very athletic, and that fits in to that Warriors system. I don't Curry's know. Eating 30, Curry's eating 30 nuggets a night. You're, you're probably not wrong about that, Tyler. I just don't know if it's, it's going to be enough. That's a bad man. All right. The next team, the Toronto Raptors, uh, they lost Marc Gasol. They lost Serge Ibaka. That is a huge blow that, uh, like Tyler was saying, I don't think the team was expecting. They do have Kyle Lowry still. They do have Pascal Siakam still, and they re-signed Fred Van Vliet. But ultimately, I think their window is closed, and uh, I got the Raptors as pretenders. See, I don't think I don't see it as a, the window closing scenario. More of a, as a pivot. It's a transition. Um, I think they're turning into a different basketball team. It's not Lowry and DeRozan or or Lowry and Kawhi and Marcus Saul. Um, it's not those guys anymore. It's Sam Fleet. It's Siakam. It's it's OG. It's it's Norman Powell. I think Chris Boucher, my guy, is going to pop off. Uh, you know, they they've uh, they built from within. Uh, they have a great coach. Um, so this this team is really hard for me to rank because I think this team is going to end up being more of a playing scenario team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's because, that's why I have them as pretenders, given given their current like where they've been at. Pedigree, their pedigree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I don't think that their window closed though, because I don't think it's necessarily like it's not a rebuild. It's not. It's not Oklahoma City. It's not what Houston's going to end up having to do. Yeah. It's like. Okay, now Siakam is clearly like the guy. He's an all-star caliber player. He's somebody we can, you know, Van Viet played very well. Um, and we really like, you know, the versatility of guys like Norman Powell, OG, uh, Stanley Johnson. So we're just going to keep building, you know, and keep doing things the way we do it. And, and they always have a ton of progress on that team. Um, so they're, they're also a team that if they ended up being like, the fourth or the fifth seed. I know it's because Nick Nurse and then those couple guys we keep naming, Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, it's because of those guys. I mean, yeah. those are just, they're solid NBA guys. But uh, I will agree. I think they're I think they're a pretender. Jacob? Um, I have I have the Raptors as a contender. They're not going to get very far, but I do have well, then how are they a contender? Well, contender. I, I still have them contending for for at least you know a playoff spot, play in game. Okay, but right. I don't I don't think that they necessarily get far because they did lose two of their big pieces from last year and yeah. when they won the title in yeah. Ibaka and Gasol. But I still have them as a pretender. They're again they're not a strong contender, but they are a contender. Okay, all right. The Phoenix Suns are the next team I have on the list. I think the Phoenix uh, will be in the playing scenario again. Um, I think they could possibly – I think if they get into the playing scenario, I think they win and get into the playoffs. And in my opinion, if you get CP3, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs, they could sneak out an upset in a playoff series against, uh, I don't know, maybe the Warriors or maybe the Clippers. So uh, I got the Suns as contenders, guys. Oh, God. Our our West bracket has got to just be so ass backwards. I mean, <laughs> I I think I think Phoenix is a legit top six in the West. See? I don't think they're in the playing scenario. I think Phoenix Suns are a problem. They're well, I just think the West is so team. deep that there's gonna have to be a playing scenario. 
Well, there so was we'll one last. Well, there was one not, last season. Gonna, so they're not going to be in it. Well, I think it's going to. I think it's. Uh, I think they expanded it this year. I think it's seven through ten. It is seven through ten. So when you say top six, I think what you say it is a non-playing team. You know. Yeah. Kind of the creme That's right. Phoenix, baby. Yeah. So I mean. All right, so you got him as a contender. I got him as a contender. Jacob? I have them, too. If there's one thing I learned from last year is not to doubt CP3 with a, a young team, and that's what I learned from him playing in OKC. And Phoenix was hungry in the bubble. They went 8-0, and and I know it's it didn't. unfortunate that they didn't make it. Yeah, but, I mean, they showed a lot of promise. Th- and There was two teams that I was honestly kind of sad they didn't make it, but it's tough. You know, it's the playoffs. It's how it, how it goes. One of them was Phoenix by going on that 8-0 run to try to get there, or they didn't get there, and the other team was the Grizzlies. Yeah, we'll talk about the Grizzlies in a little bit. Uh, all right, uh, the next team we got is the Hornets. Uh, LaMelo, obviously, uh, we said uh, Tyler and I think will be Rookie of the Year, but unfortunately I don't think that really bodes well for the team. I mean, yeah, it bodes well for LaMelo, but I don't think it really means much for the team. I don't. I don't think the Hornets make any real noise in the East. They could maybe somehow sneak into the playing scenario as like a ten or a nine seed, uh, but I don't even see the East needing a playing scenario like last year. So I got the Hornets as pretenders. Tyler. Yeah, I got to be pretenders. I mean, they're gonna, you know, without uh, Gordon Hayward just got hurt. You yeah, know, he, he hurt his pinky broken. finger. He's, yeah, he can't. He can't stay healthy. Broken, so. Broken. Broken bone is right hand, shooting hand. So um, that's a big-time hit. This is going to be a year where they progress their young players uh, and try to find pieces that are going to be part of the future. All right. Uh, Jacob? They're, they're, to me, they're big-time pretenders. Yep. This roster is not getting far. Yeah. All right. Um, the next team, the Pelicans. Uh, I think they're in the playing scenario this season. Uh, I think they get really close to making the playoffs, but will fall just short. Uh, but I really hope I'm wrong about that because I want Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, and and Zion to succeed. I just we talked about it when we talked about the coaching carousel and Stan Van Gundy getting hired as the Pelicans head coach. I just I'm not really sure how that meshes. So uh, I'll be watching them very closely because I I think if they don't get off to a hot start or. Uh, an adequate start to the front office's liking. I think Stan Van Gundy could be on the hot seat early because I think that this front office uh, in New Orleans wants to succeed. It's playoff. Playoffs is the goal. Right, right. This team needs to make the playoffs. Right. So if, if they don't get off to an adequate start, I think Stan Van Gundy could be out pretty quick. So I got the Pelicans as pretenders, honestly. And it hurts me to say that because I want them to succeed. I, I want them to do well, but I just – the West is so tough. See, I think they're there. I think they got the team they need. They got a good coach. Um, they're committed to the now. Uh, and they, the West is tough, but they have they have roster to stack up with a lot of those kind of second tier, uh, you know, the Dallases, the Minnesotas, the Memphises, the Utahs. Uh, maybe, you know, like you said, Phoenix and Golden State or the Clippers, you know, or Portland. They they don't have, like, the worst matchups across the board. Getting Stephen Adams was big time. Uh, I think that was a huge get in the offseason. And then to obviously get, you know, a Bledsoe, uh, you know, and get a bunch of picks, that was huge. They've also got young guys like Josh Hart, 
and Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and, and they got a JJ Reddick. So um, I, I think the Pelicans are ready to go to be that seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, see, they're interesting to me, but I still have to put them as a pretender. My biggest issue is still Lonzo. I don't know what I'm going to get from him. And with Ingram, you saw great, great um, adjustments in his game, and he really took it to another level. And that's that's great for the Pelicans, but I don't think that's enough uh, to get them to that playoff spot. All right, so uh, Tyler, you got them as contenders, and Jacob and I pretenders. got them as pretenders. The Dude, they're going to have two guys with 20 points a game. I hope so. I don't think it scored as many 20-point games, but it's not going to get into the playoffs. I, it'll, it'll be hey, tough in the West. It'll help. It'll definitely help. Yeah. All right, we got two more teams, uh, and they're two uh, young, up-and-coming teams. The first team is the Atlanta Hawks. I think they make the playoffs in the East. Um, I think they're probably um, – I don't know. It's, it's so tough now with the play-in scenario. It's like – where do you gauge these guys? Because I don't think the Hawks are a top six team in the East, but I think they could be a seven or an eight seed. Um, I don't see them winning a playoff series, but it'll be great experience for Trey Young and the the core that they're building in Orlando with uh, Kevin Herter, uh, John Collins. They got Bogdanovich now down there. Uh, they added Rajon Rondo, which I think is going to be a huge help for Trey Young. So I, I got the Hawks as contenders this year. Yeah, see, I think the Hawks are definitely uh, knocking on the door of being a top-six team. Um, they could be, like, a really big surprise team this year. Uh, Trey, I think, is going to come out being a 25-plus points-per-game guy. And then they got Gallo as well. So they went out, they got Bogdanovich, yep. they got Gallinari. Those are two, you know, veteran talents uh, to complement the plethora of young talent they have. Um, Capella's a good, a, a good center. Yep. But, I mean... Just so many young guys, John Collin, Onyeka, uh, Daniel, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Camera Shooter. Um, so you know this team is deep. They've got a, they've got you know, 10, 10 11 solid rotational type of players, and they, and I, I think it just if they if they all kind of come together, this team could be really good. Yeah, see, I have him as a as a contender as well too. I think picking up Rondo, like Eric said, was huge for them, and. In my opinion, adding Bogdanovich as almost that third guy because you already had Trey Young there, John Collins. You know that was your one-two punch. And I think Bogdanovich, I think he's going to take him to that next step. Having a veteran, though, in Rondo is huge. Gallo kind of at the end of, of his career, but still great shooter. Still though. can give you good 3 yeah, and D minutes. He's, 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 he's great. Um, and obviously they still have Clint Capella, so I like that move as well. And so I have them as, uh, as contenders. All right, so we, we all got the Hawks as contenders. And then the last team we'll talk about uh, before we give our prediction for an NBA Finals matchup uh, is the Memphis Grizzlies. So they got John Morant and Jaron Jackson, uh, Jackson Jr. They, they both showed out last year, and they showed that they're going to be a problem. I think it's ultimately going to come down to, to the Grizzlies and Phoenix uh, for that eighth seed in the West in that play-in scenario. And if I'm looking at uh, a play-in scenario between Phoenix and the Grizzlies, I got to go with Phoenix. So I, I got the Grizzlies as pretenders, unfortunately. I, they're such a young, promising team. It, it, it kills me because I, I think they have a very good chance to 
make the playoffs this year and for years to come with the core that they're building in their uh in Memphis but with Phoenix being where they're at and Chris Paul being in Phoenix and Devin Booker being the player that he is if they're playing each other for the last spot in the playoffs I'm going with Phoenix so the Grizzlies they're they're unfortunately pretenders in my eyes Tyler what about you John, they're way better than Phoenix. Or Phoenix is way better than Memphis. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, I think Memphis is definitely a lottery team, top 10 pick. Um, they're like a year, maybe two away. I mean, John Moran's so good that they could be, you know, his third year in the league, they could be really good with Jaron Jackson and whoever they can, you know, acquire on the draft next year. But with the growth of their young guys, it's, it's only time until they're a playoff team. But this year, I don't see them – being a playoff team, I see them more of as a bottom five Western Conference team. Jacob, uh, I actually have them as contenders. I think I think what they had last year was great, and especially heading into the, those playoffs, I think you kind of saw it all come together. Yeah, Jaw's still a young player; it was his rookie season, uh, but they almost gave Portland a run for their money. Sure, no, they did. They sure, did. Sure, it ended you know fairly fast for them, but I think with that young core of him and and Jaron Jackson. And don't forget Dylan Brooks. Yeah, he's still he's still a great piece for them. But I really think that they they have something there. All right. So uh, that is it for our contender or pretender. I know we didn't talk about all of the teams uh, that we think are going to be uh, in contention for the NBA championship, but we thought we would give a prediction, uh, an early prediction for an NBA Finals matchup. Uh, so Jacob, I'll ask you first. What is your early NBA preseason NBA finals prediction. Well, it's super soon to tell, but finals prediction coming out of the West, I have to go with the Lakers, of course. They retooled very well after losing a lot of key pieces. And then in the East, I honestly got to go with the Bucks. I know that they haven't been there in years, but I have a lot of reason to believe that this is Giannis's year. Signing that max deal, I think that's an extra incentive for him to get to the finals. Okay. Who wins? Well, in that matchup, I still got to go with the Lakers. You right. be, sure, you have Giannis, and, you know, you can throw a lot of pieces at him to, to guard him, but I think the Lakers just have that much more than the All Bucks. Right. All right. Tyler, what is your preseason NBA Finals prediction? All right. I got the Clippers. I got no, no, no. <laughs> like, wait a second. All right. I got, I got, I'm going with the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. I think that is a and lot got, of people's predictions. And I got I got the Lake Show. Um, they're they're just. I mean, if ever like if it was a perfect world, everybody's healthy the whole way. Um, they got the best roster. Yeah. All right. For me, I uh, I'm gonna go with the same prediction as I had last year. I'm going with the Lakers and Celtics. I think it's ultimately Brooklyn and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, but I think the experience that Boston has playing together in the playoffs so young into their career and so deep into the playoffs, I think that'll bode well going up against a uh, newly put-together Brooklyn Nets team. Uh, but I got to go Lakers and six in a L.A.-Boston NBA Finals. So, all right, that uh, that just about does it for previewing the NBA season uh, coming up for – 2020-2021. Do either of you guys have a shout-out before we get out of here? No, man, I don't. 
No, not this. I'm week. surprised, uh, Tyler. You're not saying you want uh, Nate Diaz to kick uh, Jake Paul's ass. I've got to get. I've, I've decided. I got to stop. I got to stop mentioning him. That's not what I want. But in that, in that light, since you brought it up, uh, I would love to see it. It would make Nate a lot of money. Yes, it would definitely make him a lot of money. And then uh, for me, I'm going to shout out LeBron James and Anthony Davis for making their preseason debut earlier tonight. The Lakers did beat the Phoenix Suns. Uh, hold on, let me get the score. It was 112 to 107. So the Lakers are 3-0 in the preseason. LeBron played 15 minutes. AD played 18 minutes. So uh, it was a light night for them. But we are less than one week away from the start of that title defense and the road to 18 officially beginning. It's been a quick turnaround, but uh, I know myself, Jacob, and Tyler are very excited for NBA basketball and Lakers basketball uh, to return. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.